Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black, the Ion College Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Kyle Boone is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, please also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. The Bracket Preview Show is this weekend on CBS. That, of course, is America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. For those unfamiliar, this is when the uh, selection committee gets together. They gather and they tell the world how the one seeds, two seeds, three seeds, and four seeds would look heading into Saturday's game. Show starts at 1230 Eastern. It'll be followed by a Big 12 showdown. Texas at number three, Houston. That tips at one o'clock Eastern. Kyle Boone, let's start with me asking you a simple question that might not have a, a, an obvious answer. Who should be the number one overall seed when the selection committee unveils as much on Saturday afternoon? Yeah. Good morning, GP. I, th- I think um, the consensus probably going into Saturday is that it's Purdue. Um, if you're just a casually kind of scrolling in from the season, you may think it's UConn just because UConn has been ranked number one for so long. But uh, resume wise, I think Purdue has kind of the better resume in totality. Um, so I, th- I think Purdue coming off a, a very surprising uh, near loss last night to Minnesota, by the way, uh, probably has this slight edge as the as the number one overall seed. Yeah, Purdue as a 16 and a half point favorite on Thursday night was down double digits. At one point, they uh, pulled away in the second half, started guarding a little better. Zach Eady was big again, but yes, they avoided what would have been a quadrant three loss. And if they lose that game, then I do think it's clear UConn would be the number one overall seed in the bracket preview show on Saturday as it is. 
I think it'll be Purdue as the number one overall seed. We've been through it before, um, but you know, just the way the selection committee is going to interpret their body of work, I, I think at the end of it, you just lean toward Purdue um, over UConn. Purdue right now is nine and two in quadrant one, six and zero oh in quadrant two, so fifteen and two in the first two quadrants with zero losses outside of quadrant one. Meantime, UConn, eight and two in quadrant one, five and oh in quadrant two. So 13 and two in the first two quadrants with zero losses outside of quadrant one. Uh, so that means Purdue has more quadrant one wins than UConn, has more wins inside the first two quadrants than UConn. Uh, both have nothing in the loss column except quadrant one wins. If you want to argue that UConn's loss column is better than Purdue's loss column, uh, I'll listen to that because one of UConn's losses is, is at – Allen Fieldhouse, but Purdue has seven wins over top 25 net teams. UConn has three. And if you care, Purdue is ahead of UConn in literally every computer we reference. Net, Kimpom, BPI, KPI, Torvik, Evan Mia, all of them. Um, so I think it should be, and I think it probably will be, Purdue, UConn. I think you and I would agree Houston's going to be the third number one uh, seed. Yeah. Uh, they have the strongest computer numbers. They have eight quadrant one wins. They have a third loss where UConn and Purdue only have two. Mm -hmm. But I think Houston is safely going to be the, the third number one seed. So Purdue, UConn, Houston, who would you put as the fourth number one seed? Yeah, this one feels a little bit more open, right? Uh, right. I, I think I would go with Arizona. Um you could probably make a case for several teams here. Um, Arizona to me is, I think, a little bit better in terms of just its its the totality of its resume. Um, you know, nineteen and five, um, they're they're dominating in the Pac-12 right now. Ten and three in Pac-12 play. Um, compare them to, uh, you know, like a, a Marquette, for example. Uh, Zona has you know a quad three loss to Oregon State, but they have more wins than than Marquette does. So. Um, it's probably going to be close and I'm sure no one will probably come to a consensus as to who that final number one seed will be. But uh, yeah, I, th I think it probably, I would give the edge to Arizona right now. I think it's going to be Arizona. I think it should be Marquette. Okay. I, I would have Marquette. I, if I were in the room, I would make the case for Marquette. I actually think it'll be Arizona because that gives you a, a West coast team it gives you a team from another league as opposed to – I think the only other option is Marquette. I think it's got to be Arizona or Marquette. Yeah. And so you can avoid two biggest teams if you take Arizona. I'm not saying the committee cares about any of that or that it's in the principles. I'm just saying for all of these reasons, add them up, throw them in a pot, stir it, I think you're going to end up with Arizona. But I would go Marquette, although I recognize it's very close and it comes down to, to what, what do you value more. Um, this one's real subjective. Marquette is six and four in quadrant one, four and one in quadrant two. So 10 and five in the first two quadrants, they have zero additional losses. Arizona seven and three in quadrant one, three and one in quadrant two. So 10 and four in the first two quadrants, but they also have a quadrant three loss at Oregon State mm -hmm. on the resume. So Arizona has two losses outside of quadrant one, including a quadrant three loss. Marquette only has one loss outside of quadrant one and no quadrant three losses. And that's why I'd give the edge to Marquette. Yeah, I think Marquette's loss column's a little cleaner, but Arizona does have more quadrant one wins and stronger computer numbers than Marquette. So I can see the committee leaning toward Arizona. I think it should be Marquette. I ultimately think it's Arizona. But do we agree then, then uh, the top four would be in some order, Purdue, UConn, 
Houston, and either Arizona or Marquette, and we're both going to lean toward Arizona. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, come Saturday, I think when they reveal the top 16, those are going to be the top four. Um, and then we'll figure out who that who that final four team is. So the bracket preview show, 1230 p.m. Eastern. That's on CBS, followed by Houston and Texas. And my understanding is that Jerry Palm, after the selection committee gives us the, what is, amounts to the top 16 seeds in the bracket, Jerry Palm is going to fill out the rest of the bracket. He'll have a full 60-18 bracket uh, for us available cbssports.com on Saturday afternoon. Let's move on. This week's dribble handoff, it asked us to submit a ballot, me, Kyle, all of us over there at .com, for National Coach of the Year. Five different answers. I went Dan Hurley. Strongjaw went Matt Painter. I'll ask him why next. But first, word from our partners. Wake up to football highlights and news from around the world with the one and only Morning Footy Team. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Start your all-day football craze with Morning Footy, part of the all-new Galazzo Network. So this week's Dribble Handoff over at CBSSports.com, it asked us to vote for National Coach of the Year. If we had to submit a ballot with one name on it right now, whose name would we put? I went with Dan Hurley. I'll tell you why in a second. Kyle, you went with Purdue's Matt Painter. Why? Whew. Yeah, I went with uh, Purdue's Matt Painter like five hours before Purdue just nearly took a terrible <laughs> loss at home inside Mackey Arena. Um, yeah, I went, I went with Matt Painter. I mean, Purdue, given the expectations coming into this season, um, I, th I think Purdue and Painter have done a fantastic job. Purdue's 23-2 and two now in the season. Um, I think we both expect on Saturday they will be the projected number one overall seed in the bracket. Uh, they're running away from the competition in the Big Ten. And, you know, I, I think obviously UConn has, to me at least, UConn has been the best team in college basketball for most of this season. Um, and so I think you could reasonably give it to Dan Hurley because of the job that he's done at UConn, um, you know, coming off a season where they won the national championship. But I would argue Matt Painter had a lot more pressure coming into the season on him than than Hurley did at UConn and given the expectations um coming off of a a, a terrible loss last postseason uh as the number one seed to a number 16 seed I think it's really impressive what Painter has done with Purdue this season so um I would I would give the edge to to Painter and and Purdue just just for all of those reasons I got no argument against that. Uh, Matt Painter is a worthy coach of the year candidate right now. Anybody with submitting a ballot for him, you don't have to convince me. There's no getting around the fact that he had way more pressure on him heading into this season than Dan Hurley did at, at UConn. Dan, Dan's riding off of a national championship, and Matt's coming off of a season where he became only the second coach in history to ever lose as a one seed against a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. And for them right now to be sitting, even if it's number two in the AP poll, it is, I, I believe, sitting here on February 16th with the best body of work in the country um, with a, a seven foot four center in Zach Eady, who is about to become the first person since Ralph Sampson to be a back to back Wooden Award winner. Uh, Matt's terrific. Purdue, I think, deserves to be ranked number one in the country right now. And if somebody wanted to vote for Matt Painter for coach of the year, again, Totally sensible. In fact, by the time we get to when we submit a ballot, which is after the Elite Eight, I might be submitting a ballot for Matt Painter. But if I had to submit a ballot today, it would it would be for Dan Hurley. 
Um, I, I, I hope people understand I can split the difference between these two things. Um, I think Purdue has the best body of work right now. I've never said Purdue's better than UConn. I've simply said I think Purdue has a better body of work than UConn, and that's why I would have Purdue ahead of UConn right now. Um, but I do think if we're just talking about the job a guy has done, given what he had last season, what he lost from last season, what he brought in for this season, and what have they done to this point and how have they gotten here, I don't think anybody in the country has done a better job than Dan Hurley. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers that he won a national title. What I think fewer people understand is that he lost three of his top six scores to the NBA draft and arguably his three most important players, even if they weren't his three top scores, but they were three of his top six. So you lose three of your top six, you're supposed to take a, a step back. They go out and enroll three freshmen. They go get a, a, a transfer. You know, they pick a little here, pick a little there. But most impressively, they turn their third leading score into their leading score. Mm -hmm. There was real internal development there. Tristan Newton went from an important piece on a championship team to the most important piece on a championship contender. So you developed from within. You added freshmen. Stefan Castles developed into a reliable piece. Um, you get an impactful transfer in Cam Spencer. He's been terrific. Um, and I, I should correct myself. I, Tristan Newton can't. I, I'm not sure if Tristan Newton's actually the leading scorer at UConn, but but he's the most important player For sure. at UConn. I think most people would agree with that. So he went from an important player on a championship team to the most important player on a contender. So you lose three of your top six, and yet you're still sitting here looking like a national championship contender. And um, you are ranked number one in the AP poll. You've got the longest winning streak in the country. And, oh, by the way, you've done this even though, you know, Stefan Castles missed six games this season. Donovan Klingens missed five games this season. You know, we hear other coaches all the time talk about, yeah, we're missing this guy, we're missing that guy. And, you know, when you're missing key players, things get difficult. And I'm not arguing against that. When you're missing key players, things get difficult. The only thing I'm saying is Dan Hurley has made it not look difficult. <laughs> when 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 Castle plays, UConn looks great. When he didn't play, UConn looked great. When Klingon plays, UConn looks great. When Klingon didn't play, UConn looks great. When uh, Alex Carabin plays, UConn looks great. When Alex Carabin missed the game at St. John's, UConn went and won 77-64 and looked great. So, again, it, it does matter who plays and who doesn't, but Dan Hurley has been incredible this season at making it look like it doesn't matter who plays and who doesn't. And as long as they continue to run through the Big East like they have so far, um, I think Dan Hurley would, would be the coach of the year right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that totally makes sense. Um, he's done a fantastic job with, with UConn this season. I think it's really tough coming off a national championship season to um, – to continue on that same trajectory. I mean, UConn to me has been the best team in college basketball this season, and he has UConn in the mix to, to repeat, you know, no one has done that since Florida um, in 2007. So really impressive what they've done. I think obviously my vote will change depending on how the uh, NCAA tournament goes. Um, if Purdue bows out early as it did last season, then yeah, obviously uh, Matt Painter is probably not going to have my vote. This is, this is not a, a regular season award. 
Um, but yeah, the job that uh, Painter and Purdue has has done so far, give him a slight nod. But yeah, Dan Hurley and and what he's done this season at UConn, tip your cap. Definitely. Yeah, we've, we've explained it before, but just in case people um, didn't hear or don't understand or forgotten, we do not vote on National Coach of the Year at CBS Sports until after the Elite Eight. Yep. Um, I think that allows us to get it right, most right. Um, I'm not sure if we decided to do this after this thing happened, but I just remember Kimba Walker leading UConn to a national championship. And if you look back on that season – Kimba Walker is clearly the story of that season because what he did in the Big East tournament, the crossover in the garden, running through the NCAA tournament, like Kimba is the story of that season. And yet, if you look at the awards, he's not because the awards are voted on before most of that stuff happens. I just think that's wrong. Um, you're right. We're not giving out regular season awards. I mean, other people can do it however they want to do it. But I would just rather when people look back 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if people ever look back. Um, cause I don't know if you've seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> I've seen Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even know if people are going to be looking back, but I would just <laughs> prefer if people ever look back, um, that, that it's a proper reflection of what happened in that year. So we decided let's vote. Let's, let's wait. Let's have as much data as we can have. We'll wait till after the elite eight. So for instance, I, I, I think we might be the only network slash organization that had dusty may as national coach of the year yeah. last season well because we voted on that after he won a conference title won a conference tournament and then went to a final four at florida atlantic like who had a better year than that nobody yeah. nobody so that made sense but if you voted after the conference tournaments on selection sunday you're not going to end up with dusty may as national coach of the year so we'll wait and absolutely then um how the NCAA tournament unfolds will have an impact on this. Like it's possible that Dan Hurley will be the national coach of the year on the day the NCAA tournament starts. But if they lose in the round of 32, then that award ends up going to somebody else. So as always, we'll see. But um, on February 16th, I would submit my ballot for Dan Hurley. Cal would submit his for Matt Painter. You can see everybody else's submissions. It's on the college basketball page right now, cbssports.com. It's now time for the final four and one presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Oh, buddy, my lead is increasing. It looks more insurmountable than ever. I'll give you the numbers here in just a second. First, though, one more word from our partners. We Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Need your sports news anywhere? We've got breaking news to bring you. Then get your sports anytime you want them. Big trade news overnight to discuss. Because we know you need sports all the time. A lot of movement in the rankings this week. A legend adds to their legacy. We're bringing you that breaking news right here on HQ. CBS Sports HQ anywhere, anytime, all the time. Final four and one presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Kyle, I don't know if you've seen the updated records. Mm. Oh man, I would. I I don't know if you've seen the updated records. It's ugly. It's ugly. Oh man, I continue to just. I continue to just. Oh boy, I'm getting real good at this. I didn't know that this was going to be something I was going to be good at picking games. I knew I was good at other things, not so good at some other things. You know, we all have our 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 strong suits and our are not so strong suits. And I didn't anticipate this was going to be one of my strong suits, but it turns out after another positive week last week, three, two, and one, because we also picked the Super Bowl. Of course, I picked it cor- correctly. Of course. Shouts to the Swifties. <laughs> Shouts to the Swifties. I picked it correctly. Went three, two, and one last week. So now I'm 40, 29, and three on the season. Deadleg dead is merely 36, uh, 33, and three. That's a four game lead. That, when I hear four game lead, I hear insurmountable lead. I'll get Deadleg's picks off. We'll make him text them to us uh, on Friday night so we can still calculate this thing. Uh, while he's away for the weekend. He's going to be at Auburn, uh, Kentucky, down at Neville Arena, uh, by the way. So that uh, is among the games of the weekend. We'll pick that one here in a second. So I'll get Norlander's picks later. Kyle, you'll be providing your picks today. Are you ready to go? I am ready. I'm here to uh, single-handedly surmount you on behalf of my traveling brethren, Matthew Norlander. Let's do this. Okay, okay. well, we'll see how this goes. Game one, Saturday, noon Eastern. It's Wake Forest at number 21, Virginia, inside Kihei Clark Arena. You can watch it on ESPN2. Kihei Clark, he's the man who has the perhaps the most important pass in Virginia basketball history. You'll be able to watch this on ESPN2. Ken Palm has it. Virginia minus one. That's a little number inside Kihei Clark Arena. What do you think, Calhoun? That is a little number. It's a tiny little number. Teeny tiny. I'll go with, uh, I'll take that teeny tiny number. I'll go with Virginia minus the one. Virginia lost to Pitt at home this week. They did. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it with my own eyes. They got Blake Henson. Oh, God. Who gets Blake Henson these days? Virginia. That's who. The answer is, the answer's quite clearly... Um, quite clearly, Virginia, Virginia, um, only being, and, and let's be clear. Sometimes the reason we don't use numbers from FanDuel on Friday morning for Saturday games is because they're not posted yet. So we are reliant on, uh, on, on Ken Palm, uh, this far in advance of tip off. Um, but the explanation for the points per being what we're using is that, Wake Forest is significantly ahead of Virginia at Kimpom, even though Virginia is ranked in the AP poll and Wake Forest is not. Wake Forest is 27th at Kimpom. Virginia is 52nd. So I don't think when you see this number post, it's not going to be Virginia minus one. It's going to be something like Virginia minus three, Virginia minus four. 
But for our purposes, we're just going to go with the Ken Palm number, Virginia minus one. I'll lay that one just because I think I'm getting good value at minus one because I don't think that's what it's actually going to be. But this is a massive opportunity for Wake Forest. I just told you top 30 at Ken Palm. It's a good basketball team. Um, Top 40 in the net, but 0-4 in quadrant one. If zero quadrant one wins. 0-4 in quadrant one, 5-4 and in quadrant two. So five and eight in the first two quadrants with nothing else on the resume that really matters. So three games below 500 in the first two quadrants with zero quadrant one wins. Um, That's why Jerry Palm has them uh, first four out right now, just on the wrong side of the bubble um, because they don't have much quality in the win column. So it doesn't mean you got to go win at Virginia or else you can't make the NCAA tournament. They have other quad one opportunities in front of them, but they don't have a lot and they've already missed in four of them. So this is a, a big a big spot for, for Steve Forbes' team. Virginia, uh, despite the loss earlier this week, in better shape right now than, than Wake Forest. Jerry Palm has Virginia as a 10 seed um, heading into the weekend. They're 6-5 and five in the first two quadrants. They do have that quadrant three loss at Notre Dame on the resume. That's not, that's not great. But they've got quadrant one wins over Clemson and Florida. So Virginia has the better resume, but because of the computer numbers, only projected as a slight favorite. We're both going to lay Virginia in that one. Game two, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Marquette at UConn inside the Rip Hamilton Center. You can watch it on Fox. Kim Palm has it. UConn, seven. Mm. Mm. I'm going to take the points with Marquette. I, I guess I'm going full heel with, with UConn fans today, just spurning. <laughs> Dan Hurley, and now I'm going to pick Marquette. I'm going to take Marquette, GP. Straight up, straight up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Marquette's going to go win at UConn. They're going to win Maybe. at UConn. UConn Maybe. has hang around late at home. Um, Marquette's playing very well. I don't know. I like, I like this as a potential upset pick of the weekend. UConn coming off of um, the – you know, blowout win at DePaul. It's just a sad scene. I wondered as, um, cause we had UConn on our air. Um, I guess it was Wednesday night, CBS sports network. Yeah. And like, you know, it's the number one team in the country at DePaul. Nobody there. Like I wondered, I'm sure there's a better example, but like has a number one team ever played in an emptier place than where UConn played on Wednesday night, sort of the state of DePaul basketball. Crazy. Um, hopefully the next hire gets that thing straight. Um, so do, UConn's coming off of that. Marquette, Tyler Kolick has scored 27 in back-to-back games. The no. other night at, at Butler, he's at a Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um they took 21 shots, made 10 of them, finished with 27.7 rebounds, five assists in 36 minutes. So in these past two games, he's averaging 27 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, shooting 55% from the field and 58% from three. So for most of the season, it's looked like Tristan Newton was going to secure Big East Player of the Year honors, and he still might. It might just come down to best player on best team thing, and he might prove to be best player on the best team. But Tyler Kolick's having a really nice season and playing especially well now. And Marquette is too. Um, I, I wrote this, I don't know, at some point this week after a Marquette win. Marquette is the reigning Big East champ. And based on current projections, is unlikely 
to repeat. Tyler Kolick is the reigning Biggies player of the year and based on current projections is unlikely to repeat. And yet, as I told you earlier, I still think I'd have Marquette as a one seed in the NCAA tournament right now. And I, I might, I'd have Tyler Kolick as an all American somewhere. So perhaps they're not going to same that have the same type of hardware, but Marquette is awesome. And Tyler Kolick is awesome. And this is the game of the weekend. Uh, can't wait for it. I, 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 I'm with you on, in the, I don't, I'm not with you in the sense. I think Marquette's going to go win at UConn. I, I wouldn't pick anybody to go win at UConn. Um, but seven points is a big number for a team like Marquette's not going to get rattled by anything. Like they'll, they'll be, they'll be comfortable in the setting, I would think. And, 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 and built for the moment. So I'll take the seven points and just root for a competitive game. But I do think UConn probably wins the game to extend its lead in the, in the biggie standings game three, Saturday, six o'clock Eastern. It's number 22, Kentucky at number 13, Auburn inside Austin Wiley arena. That's a throwback for you. Mm, mm. Five-star prospect. Yeah. You can watch it on ESPN. Ken Palm has it. Ooh, don't tell, don't tell Big Blue Nation, but Ken Palm's got it. Auburn minus 10. <laughs> Auburn minus 10 over John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats. Oof. Oof. It's a big number. Oof. I'm feeling good about surmounting you today. Um, I have to zig whenever you zag, so I'm trying to uh predict ahead where you're going to zig i'm i'm gonna take the points here with with kentucky um it's 10 i don't feel great about it but i mean auburn blasted south carolina my god by 40 points 40 points um obviously kentucky just got off the mat a little bit but who has confidence in kentucky right now do kentucky fans have Confidence in Kentucky right now? Not the Kentucky fans that tweet me. The Kentucky fans yeah. that were tweeting me after the CBS Sports Classic, they had a ton of confidence. They were like, they were very, they were filling themselves. That was, they were, that was they were like, they were like Jordan, they were like Jordan Poole on a heater. <laughs> they were really proud of themselves. Lately, late, I don't sense they have the same type of confidence right now. I don't get the sense that Kentucky fans are optimistic about how things are going to go at Neville Arena, but we'll see. Yeah, a lot of Kentucky fans with the uh, the Nick Young top of the key three pointer turnaround. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. This thing's Not gone. The, it's gone the wrong way on them. But you know what? A big road win has a has a has a way of calming things down. And so, if nothing else, they've got an opportunity to grab one this weekend. That forty point win over South Carolina for Auburn represented Auburn's largest margin of victory over a top 25 AP team in, in history. Like they'd never beaten a ranked team that badly. And it was the largest margin of victory for any team in the country over a top 15 team in the AP poll since uh, Villanova blasted Oklahoma mm. 95-51 in the 2016 Final Four. So it's been like eight years since we've seen a top 15 team get beat the way South Carolina got beat uh, the other night. And that was just sort of a, a perfect storm of stuff we talk about all the time, all season long, or at least certainly for the last month or so. South Carolina's resume has been much better than its computer numbers. Mm -hmm. And 
that's why South Carolina was ranked in a way that didn't really line up with the computer numbers. Auburn's computer numbers have been much better than its resume. And that's why Auburn's ranking hasn't really lined up with its computer numbers. So you get this thing where I think South Carolina was ranked 11th and Auburn was ranked 13th. So the lower ranked team was like an 11 and a half point favorite over the higher ranked team. A combination of better computer numbers and home court advantage. And I imagine a bunch of, I think the term is casuals, would look at that and go, hold up, the 11th ranked team in the country is an 11 and a half point underdog. I'll just take them, sure, against the lower ranked team. But uh, if you did that, buddy, you you were regretting it very quickly because <laughs> Auburn smoked them. They shot um, 61% from the field, 60% from three, and 89.5% from the free throw line. It was almost a 60-60-90 performance against a top 15 team. That was outrageous. And Auburn's been outrageous in that building. It wasn't just the other night. They've been killing everybody there. 13-0 this season at home with 13 double-digit victories. The average margin of victory for Auburn at home this season, 22.1 points. They're blasting everybody. I'll take Auburn. I'll lay the points. Mm. But this is a much bigger game for Kentucky just because they need a big win to get some of that confidence back that they had after they beat North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic. Right now, Kentucky is just 6-6 and in the first two quadrants. They only have two quadrant one wins, and they do have a quadrant three loss on the resume to Wilmington at home. So some of this is, yeah, but they were missing this guy here, and they were missing that guy there. But we talked about UConn earlier, and they were missing Donovan Klingon here and Alex Carabin there and Stefan Castle here. And, you know, it hadn't seemed to matter at, at UConn. And it, I'm not saying it shouldn't matter at Kentucky, but it, it shouldn't have mattered probably as much as it's mattered so far this season. Again, six and six in the first two quadrants. With a quarter three loss at Wilmington, they need more big wins to improve the resume, to improve the seating. Because, like, you know, we got the bracket preview show on Saturday. They're going to unveil the top 16 teams in the bracket. I don't think Kentucky's going to be one of those. No. And every Kentucky fan, you know, a month ago would have assumed, maybe a month and a half ago, would have assumed that, that they were going to be there. So this is a big game for Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky at Auburn, 6 o'clock. Eastern on Saturday night. Game four, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Number two, Purdue at Ohio State inside Chris Holtman Arena. I think mm. he deserves that. I think he deserves that. I only put this in here. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network, network of stars. Kim Pom has it, Purdue minus nine. We'll pick it, but I put it here mostly because I'm interested in getting your thoughts. Who do you, if you were running the Ohio State coaching search who's the candidate you'd want to talk to first Ooh, yeah um shoot my first call would probably be to uh i think i'd call nate oats first um i think he runs kind of the most uh modern system right now plays with a ton of pace they shoot a ton of three-pointers alabama does uh man they play defense he's he's done an exceptional job um at Alabama and and been one of the best teams, not just in the SEC, but really in college basketball the last few years. So um, Oates would be my call. I'm sure there's probably a buyout uh, that Ohio State would have to pay. But yeah, yeah, that's the, that's probably who I would call. Um, as I've said before, Nate Oates would be on any list of big jobs that I was trying to fill. Yeah. 
Um, the buyout is substantial, but it would not be a a non-starter for me if I'm a place at Ohio State, like because a place like Ohio State has has tons of money. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they just fire Chris Holtman on Valentine's Day, and they're going to have to pay him something along the lines of twelve million dollars. So I don't think hiring Chris Holtman was a mistake. I don't like the way that sounds, but if we're saying you now have to pay $12 million to somebody who's not going to work for you anymore, I think on a very basic level, you can say that's a mistake. Somewhere somebody made a mistake along the way. Well, my point is this, you're about to have to pay $12 million to fix a mistake. So what's $15 million to get the right guy. If you're certain he's the right guy or 20 or whatever it is like at a place like at Ohio state, you know, at a place like DePaul, well, you can't pay $20 million to go buy somebody out of a contract, obviously. But at a place like Ohio State, money should not matter. No. If You should go after the guy you think's the guy who's going to take your program to the tip top of the sport. And I wouldn't let a buyout move me away from somebody, not at a place like Ohio State. And, um, you know, I think it's well documented. I didn't, I didn't like... Um, the way that that Nate handled the situation last season at Alabama within his program, yeah. my my thoughts on that have been clear. Um, but um, I, I've never ever suggested he's anything other than one of the best basketball coaches in the country, and I can separate those two things. I I I, I wish he would have handled that thing differently, um, but that's over. And if we're just talking about extremely talented, sharp basketball coaches, he's one of the very best in the country. Yeah. And if I were, um, if I were hiring uh, for a job like Louisville for a lot job like Ohio State, I would want to see if he's interested in that, and then, um, and 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 then talk it through. Uh, obviously, another candidate, and I'm bringing this up. I know Norlander did a solo pod after the news broke on Wednesday afternoon. I was tied up. Um, but you get some people asking your thoughts on it. Dusty May's name comes up a lot. Yeah. To me, the most fascinating thing about that is, and obviously Dusty makes a lot of sense. He's coming off of a Final Four. He's still got a team ranked in the top 25 right now at a place where you're never supposed to be ranked in the top 25. I know Florida Atlantic season has not gone the way it was supposed to go, but like Florida Atlantic still ranked in the top 25. That, that's outrageous. All right. It, it, you know, I, I wish they were in the top 10. That would have lined up better with preseason expectations. They have been disappointment, rel- disappointing relative to preseason expectations. But Florida Atlantic is still ranked in the top 25 in yeah. February after going to the Final Four last season. That's outrageous. Dusty may make sense. He's a Big Ten alum, but more specifically, he's an Indiana alum. So let me ask you this hypothetical here. I don't know if you've heard, but it, things aren't going so well at Indiana. Their, their Blue Blood program currently ranked fourth best in the state according to Ken Pop. Um, If you're Indiana and you do not – right now, if I said, do you want to move on? Do you want to make a coaching change after three years of Mike Woodson? Yes, I would like to. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Fine fine answer. But but in this hypothetical, you're saying, no, I don't want to. Okay, we want to give it one more year. And I say, okay, you can give it one more year. But – Ohio State's about to hire Dusty May. They are going to hire him in March. All right. Now, 
you can now dusty wants to come home to indiana he graduated in bloomington Mm -hmm. he wants your job but he's not going to wait a year for your job he's not coaching florida atlantic next season so he he'll take you over ohio state but he will not wait on you he will take ohio state now if you're indiana what do you do you do not risk it you don't risk it Uh, you have to to make the move uh i i think you part ways with with Mike Woodson you get in the front of the line for Dusty May who I think it, you know has a case to be the the best coaching candidate um this this cycle you go in and bring Dusty Dusty May home you don't you don't leave that to chance to to give him a chance to go sign somewhere else Ohio State yeah I think that's right yeah. like you can you can if you think Ohio State's going a different direction then you can talk through it a little more although Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'd be surprised if Dusty's the coach of Florida Atlanta next season. This might be a thing for Indiana, where if you're going to hire him, you got to do it now. And so does that influence what you do with Mike Woodson? I, I, if you, if you, I'll keep it simple. I won't even get into what I think. I'll just put it this way. If you think at Indiana that Dusty May is the guy, mm-hmm. then you have to, then you have to move on it now. I think you've got to, there's too many other things out there. Too many other big jobs out there. I mean, there's two more or less top 10 jobs in America that are going to be open. Louisville and Ohio State. Yeah. I, if, and, and Dusty's going to be on the short list for both of them, I would assume. If you're Indiana and you want Dusty May to be your next coach, you probably got to do that. You probably got to do that this season. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just to get in line for Dusty May. It's also that Mike Woodson hasn't done a fantastic job either. Oh, yeah. Indiana's not a good team. What are they ranked in the in the state of Indiana? Fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't be Indiana Hoosiers and be ranked fourth in the state of Indiana. At you shouldn't be. So um, I'll take I'll take Purdue and lay the points on the road. I don't think Ohio. I don't think this is the type of thing where oh they've made a coaching change and now the young players are going to respond. I just I I think this is just going to be a lost season at Ohio State. I, I'll take Purdue and lay the nine points. Where are you at on? Yeah, I'll, I'll um, I think I'm going to lay the nine uh, with with Purdue. Um, Purdue get, did get a scare against Minnesota. Um, still ended up winning by eight points. So, you know, I think um, you know maybe Chris Holtman didn't do the best job at Ohio State this season, and and maybe the last two seasons. But Ohio State is uh, much less equipped to give Purdue a push than I think Minnesota was and uh, Minnesota only lost by eight. So 
yeah, I'll take Purdue minus nine. Uh, even on the road, I, I think they can get it done. All right. You get to pick the and one game. So mm. I like it. Okay. Oh, you pick the game. I'll give you a number. Okay. Let's go with, um, let's go with Alabama. Nate Oates on the mind, uh, Alabama, Texas A&M on, uh, on Saturday. So Kim Pom has it. Alabama minus 10 mm. over a Texas A&M team. That's coming off of a rough loss. Just lost at Vanderbilt 74, 73 at the buzzer. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'll take a and I'll take the points with A&M. I think they can keep it within the 10. That's that's a big number. Texas A&M is a pretty good team. I know Alabama is good, but yeah, I think I think Texas A&M can cover that number. I think Texas A&M can cover that number. It just, after, just, that's such a deflating thing that happened to you earlier in the week. To yeah. bounce back, then you got to immediately go to Tuscaloosa. It just feels tough. I'll take Alabama. I'll lay the 10 points, and we'll see how it goes on uh, Saturday. Kyle Boone, I appreciate you being here. Matt Norlander is scheduled to uh, return on uh, Sunday night, and we'll be recapping uh, what should be a fun weekend, highlighted by UConn Marquette, Kentucky, and Auburn. If you're not subscribed to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, Please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagles. Huck, Larnell. Again, if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take care.